Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you happen to be listening to this episode of The Quickie Today. Uh, once again, recording this behind-the-scenes episode the morning after the Mamma Mia Christmas party. So please excuse the croakiness. We yelled, laughed, chatted for many, many hours. So we're a little bit low on voice power today. <laughs> My apologies. But thanks for tuning in today, friends. We are going to give you a little snapshot of what it is like to work on Team Quickie. I am joined in the studio by my fabulous executive producer, Callie Borg. Say hello, Callie. Hi. Callie does not want to be here. Callie is a producer. She's excellent at her job, does not like microphones, does not want to talk into one, but I'm making her do it. How are you feeling about that, Kelly? I'm okay. It feels nice being here with you. It is nice. We, we are never in the same room at the same time. Never. We have worked together for coming up to two years mm-hmm. on and off and we met for the first time two days ago. We sure did. IRL. Um, IRL, which was lovely because I've never seen Kelly's lower half. No, you've never <laughs> seen my legs. But I have them. We work remotely. So I'm based in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales now. So even I don't work out of the Sydney office anymore. And Callie is a sand groper from WA, lives in Perth. I'm a Perth gal. So thank God for technology and Zoom and all of the programs that we use to keep us in touch all day, every day, quite literally. Yep. It's lovely. We virtually chat almost nonstop 24 hours a day. So it is actually nice to do it IRL today. So yeah, we're going to give you a little idea of what it is to be on Team Quickie because you're you're a part of it anyway. You guys feed in story ideas to us all the time, which we're so appreciative of. We love getting your emails. We love getting your feedback on how we've done things right and how we've done things wrong and how you agree and disagree and how you'd like us to look at X, Y, and Z. We truly appreciate your input into this show. So thank you so much. They make our jobs a lot easier when you give us some ideas because we have meetings multiple times a week where we're trying to figure out what is coming up in the news and what is happening in the news and what we might want to do episodes on and sometimes we come up blank. (laughs) So it's nice. Just like it is really like, you know, you hear people who are in creative industries who have blanks, so, you know, writer's block or artist block or whatever. There is news block because sometimes, and it's not for a lack of news, news is always happening, it happens every day, but sometimes you look at it and you're just like, I don't know what I want yeah. to talk about. We don't know what you want to hear about. Like it, there's sometimes you do get a bit of news block. So it's always it nice time. to be able to just go to the emails, podcast at mamamia.com.au. <laughs> or the quickie at mamamia.com.au. At mamamia. And just be able to get some ideas from there. Yeah. So keep them, keep them coming. All right, Kelly Borg, what is your first question? You get up at the absolute crack of crack of dawn. Pre-crack. Pre-crack of dawn. Yeah. 
you can have in the middle of the night. But what does a very quick look at your day look like? Mm. Yeah, so I get up before the sun. I wake up about 4, 4.30. And the first thing I do is, and this is what every healthcare professional tells you not to do, I get on my phone <laughs> in bed. I start scrolling through the news of the day and to see if there's been anything major happened while we've been sleeping. The funnest one of those was waking up at 4am to find out that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth had passed away and it really like changed the entire day within minutes. Um, within seconds. Within seconds. It was crazy. But yeah, I check my phone. I do a quick scroll to see what's headline and whether I need to rally troops to wake up with me early in the morning or whether I can go solo, which is what I do most days. So when I wake up, I go and start researching and writing the news headlines of the day. And then I record them in my little home booth. And then I actually audio produce those as well. So I get them all done from start to finish and we get the episode ready to go that we've made the afternoon before and we put it all together and we press go at 6am. So for those listening, they might not know until this moment, you're recording those in your pyjamas. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the news, every news headlines that has come to you since the COVID pandemic began, except for the last three days since I've been in the office, the last three days of the year, uh, are all done in my pajamas. And no, these ones that were in the office are done in my pajamas too. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we didn't know that you were a pajama newsreader until yep. right now. Yep. I am potentially the country's own pajama, only pajama newsreader. She's not in pajamas <laughs> right now. She is fully dressed, but it is a lot later in the day yeah. than normal. It's interesting because pre COVID, obviously, I used to have to get up at like three, have a shower, get dressed, and then commute to work to be here by 4, 4.30. Mm. And so now I wake up at 4.30 and I wander down the hallway. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> it's lovely. It's nice. And I'm obviously the same. I wake up, I, I don't have to commute anywhere. I commute from my bedroom to my office in my house. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I usually will put on a shirt yeah. for you. By the time we meet, yes. But I'm most of the time in pyjama bottoms because yeah. you only see me from the waist yeah. up. And now I know you have actual legs. I do. Here they are. So, yeah, and then the rest of the day is like it's such a mix-up of us just collecting information. We have a, like a range of amazing guests and this is what Callie's superpower is. She is our guest booker so she goes out and finds the people that speak to me every day about whatever their area of expertise is and they're incredible and we have a whole roster of regulars who have been amazing. You know, I think Elizabeth Shaw who is the CEO of Relationships Australia New South Wales and a uh, clinical psychologist. She has spoken to me, I think, more times than I've spoken to some of my family members this year. <laughs> I think it's definitely more than 25 times. Yeah, she's incredible. Dr. Brad, who is, you know, a GP and who talks to us all the time about health-related things and Keith Suda, who's a futurist, who talks about global issues. And, like, we've just – we've got such a raft of amazing, intelligent human beings that join us on this show every day. Truly very thankful to them for giving us their expertise, which is, you know, so valuable. But that's what we do. The rest of the day is literally just stealing their expertise and turning it into episodes of The Quickie. Yeah. And how far in advance are you working on an episode? It really depends. There's some things that we refer to them as evergreens. So these are stories that aren't so intrinsically linked to the news cycle that they can be done whenever. So we start working on those, you know, we could work on them weeks, days beforehand, but obviously it starts without any real forward momentum. It's just me reading. So I read everything 
watch videos. You are always researching. To, always researching, uh, listening to podcasts or whatever it is. A big news story happens. When is the episode? The episodes go live every morning at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. What goes into making that episode? When do you record it? When do you record the guests? How do you start planning that? If it's a big news story and it's happened on a day and we need to get something done for the next day, then it is like it's actually really glorious to watch everyone just kind of fall into action. Like everyone knows their roles on this show. Everybody knows what they have to do. So I just immediately start researching. Kelly, you go out and find ourselves the perfect person to speak to about it. I then find out all the questions that you would want to know the answers to. So, you know, if there's a major world event, there's going to be one big question that everyone will ask, like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Who did this happen to? Who does it impact? Who does it affect? So there's all these questions that we would then ask of ourselves, which, you know, we're just like you, so you would be asking the same questions. So we generally get an episode made and done by 2.33 o'clock the day before. The day prior. Yes. So a lot of podcasts operate weeks in advance. Mm, mm-hmm. We are one of Some months the, in advance. <laughs> yeah. We are one of the few, not just within this network, but all networks, because obviously it's a news podcast mm-hmm. that has to operate on such a strict turnaround and a quick turnaround. Every single day. That's why we're called the quickie guys. <laughs> but also it's like it's a it's a machine that never stops. And I say that only that it stops for Christmas. Yeah. But like it literally, it never stops. So every single day and, and across weekends too, if something happens over the weekend, we all jump into action again and get something ready for Monday morning for you. So yeah, it is a labor of love and it's every single day. And you can't do something like this unless you love the news and you bleed it. <laughs> I love it. You are a news <laughs> freak. You know it all. You live it, breathe it. It is your bread and butter your passion. I am signed up to so many news alerts on my phone. It's interesting. I, As we said, I have never met Claire in person until this week and I'm seeing it happen in the office where people just, instead of just Googling something, they just turn to you. <laughs> like what happened with XYZ? And you just know it. It could be a story from four months ago, but you just know it. I have this weird thing and a lot of journalists have the same thing. I have this massive back catalogue of stored information about stories and so sometimes if I won't remember immediately, it'll just take one or two things to like source the information. It's stored in there somewhere. But it also makes making news episodes of the quickie easier because I know what to look for. So if it's a story that I can relate to something that's happened previously and the majority of news stories do, my brain automatically knows, okay, that story also references to something that happened to this person in 2012 or this person, you know, back, you know, hundreds of years ago. It's very impressive. It's just a weird talent that many journalists have. It's yeah. a storage facility that you constantly check in with but in I your own brain. But I bet you when you're at home, you walk into the kitchen and forget what you went there for. Oh, 100%. There's, got, there's only Every so day. many things that your brain can store. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. If you have a really great Talent at one thing doesn't necessarily make you talented at anything else. And I'm really worried that one day I'm going to get fired and have to go and get a real job. And I'm going to be like <laughs> sitting in an interview and they'll be like, so what skills do you have? And I'm like, well. Um, I can retain new stories can, <laughs> from six years ago. I can retain a lot of information. There you go. I can remember things. <laughs> I mean, that's a handy skill to have. It is. I'm not quite sure how it relates to like real world actual jobs, but yeah. I'm sure you'll be fine. I don't think you're getting fired. It's okay. <laughs> Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. 
That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Now, we've gone over what your day looks like. We've gone over the fact that our whole team works remote. Let's go into some of the actual stories from this year. So what is a new story to you that has stood out this year? There's two main ones that have really driven the new cycle this year. I mean, the obvious one is a conflict between Hamas and Israel, and that has been one of the trickiest news stories to navigate that I think I've ever had in my career. It's so complex. There's so much history. There is so much emotion and everybody has picked their side and it has made it incredibly difficult to report when people are so invested in your words. Yeah. I mean, obviously we've had a lot of feedback about covering Gaza not covering Gaza, not covering Gaza correctly. We've had it all and we appreciate people talking to us about it, obviously. Some of it has been difficult to read and some of it has been pretty nasty, let's be honest, but we understand why. It's not great, but we understand why. But that has been, I've never, I think, really covered a news story where people were so invested in every single word that is written or said about it and that's dissected down to its minutest detail. So that's been really a tough one to navigate, but also it's been a really tough one to report on because the people in Gaza have been sharing what's happening to them in real time. And it is horrific. It's truly horrific. And there's lots of ways in which you can avoid looking at those things. But when it's your job, you see them whether you want to or not. And it it does affect you. And then, you know, we saw videos of you know, Hamas's attack from October 7 and what happened to the people in the aftermath of that. And so there's been so much pain and so much suffering and it just, that has been a really difficult one. Yeah. But the other one that's really stood out this year, of course, was the voice referendum. And that also too, and that's the problem with the news cycle of 2023. It's been quite nasty and And it's been dark. big stories that go for weeks rather than yes. smaller things the news cycle is generally a 24-hour cycle. Yeah. In saying that, though, the last few years have all kind of had that trend because COVID, COVID obviously was a two to three-year-long yeah, news years story. of news. And I've never covered a news story that has gone as long as what mm. that is. And then Russia invaded Ukraine almost directly after we stopped really talking about COVID every day. And so that then dominated it. But the voice referendum and the conflict between Hamas and Israel have been the two biggest ones to stand out this year. And the voice referendum one was difficult too because it's hard not to have skin in the game yeah. as an Australian and as someone who's passionate about the way we govern ourselves and the way that we represent those people who, who are asking for representation. And so when we reported on aspects of this, if we looked at the yes camp, we had to also look at the no camp. And sometimes the conversations within that felt racist and it felt backward and it felt like we were not helping forward momentum in this country. But you just, that's the thing with news is you, even if you have skin in the game, you can't express that. You have to make it's sure that job. it's- you have to be unbiased. Unbiased and balanced. And that's what we strive to do with everything that we report on. And, you know, hopefully people can see that. 
Yeah. Now, we've said that you interview hundreds of guests. Mm. I think yesterday you had about five interviews. Yeah. Like you speak to so many people for this show and for the other shows that you're a part of. Mm. Who is one of your favourite guests that you've ever interviewed? From this year, I was really pleasantly surprised that our Prime Minister is a nice man mm. because we spoke to him obviously during the voice referendum debate and Often, like I speak to politicians all the time and they're generally quite nice people, but some of them don't want to engage with you on any other level other than what they're there for. And they, politicians are notorious for speaking politician. And in fact, to some politicians, I politely ask them if they could refrain from falling into political speak because it, it's saying a lot of words without saying anything. Yeah. And so I had a great off-air, off-record conversation with Anthony Albanese, which I, like I walked away from that just really excited and happy that he was a nice person. And off the record <laughs> means obviously you can't share what was no, said in that. No, But can you give us something? The only thing I will say is that he told me his partner, Jodie, is an outlouder. Ooh. <laughs> we love a fan. For those who don't listen to Mamma Mia Out Loud, which I presume a lot of you listening do, it, like those who follow and who are part of the Facebook group, they call themselves Outlouders. And it was just, it was lovely to know that that's a part of their world too, that we are a part of their world too, which was which was really lovely. But just finding out that Anthony Albanese is a nice guy was really, that's probably been the highlight of the interview year, I think. Do we always agree with his choices as Prime Minister? Oh, no. Absolutely not. No. Do we agree that he's a very nice man? <laughs> yes. We do. Yes. And without naming names, have you got an interview that you walked away from <laughs> where you kind of went, what the hell? Like, what an a-hole. Or I will never speak to that person again. I can't say I've had any of them this year, but I've definitely had some in my history. Now, I don't want to get sued, so don't name names. <laughs> but what happened? What's really interesting to me is when people agree to come on to an interview program but don't want to answer any questions. <laughs> and we laugh because we've both been a part of this. Yeah. I worked in radio before this job. Claire's worked in radio. You've worked across many different platforms. And there's just some guests that are like this. Sure, I'll yep. come on and promote my XYZ. Mm. Don't ask me anything. Yeah. Like you can ask me about this very specific, say, book I've written and you can ask me questions about that book, but you cannot stray from that. And if you do, I will shut down. Yes, and I will leave. I will walk out. We've I will both walk had out. interviewees walk out. I have been, and this has been reported on publicly, so people will know that it happened, but I once interviewed a star of a large Australian movie franchise along with two colleagues who like literally got into a fight because one of the questions that was asked of the guest, he said, it's in my book, didn't you read it? And then we were like, oh, okay. The thing is the audience probably hasn't, so that's why we're giving them some insight for yeah. you. But he was already mad at us before he came into the room anyway because he'd heard me talk about something on the air. I, it was nothing inflammatory, but he didn't like it. His assistant was in tears and came in and begged us to only talk about the book, which we did, and he didn't want to talk about that either. So there was like a, a fight. <laughs> Which went on live radio and then I tried desperately to diffuse it and it didn't happen. And to this day, the colleague that I was with will never have that person on another radio show that they're ever involved in. 
So. And on that note, we will leave you with that because <laughs> I am nervous at the territory we're getting into <laughs> and it is my job as the EP of this show to make sure that we do not get yep. sued. Yep. But thank you so much, Claire, for answering those questions. I'm sure we'll do this again this time next year. I'm sure we will. I'll get you back behind a mic. I've Don't had fun. Worry. You see, it's not as bad as what you thought it is. It's really not. This has been great. Maybe I'm going to be the next host. Maybe. Maybe we'll co-host. The Quickie with Callie Borg. <laughs> Okay. Getting you up to calm, speed daily. Calm down, lady. Don't be coming for my job to my face. Well, <laughs> you've but, got skills. We can get you somewhere else. Oh, I really don't have any other skills. Thank you once again for listening to The Quickie this year. We just bloody love that you allow us time in your ears. We know how intimate this format is, podcasting, so it's really like we're right in your brain and we really appreciate that you allow us to be there. And We enjoy being in your ear holes. We do enjoy being in your ear holes and hopefully we'll get to do it again. We'll be back January 15 with a quickie back in full flight. So we'll hopefully see you there. See you then. Today's behind-the-scenes episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, our superstar executive producer and first time on the mic. Congratulations, Kelly Borg. And, of course, the man who makes us sound so amazing every single day, the one and only audio producer extraordinaire, Tom Lyon. It's a great team. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next year.